بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم محمد رسول کریم اما بعد الحمد للہ is the 12th of October in the year 2023. And Alhamdulillah, we moved on to the sixth night that we're going through the exalted and dear life of our beloved mother, Sayyida Khadija bint Khuwailid, radiyallahu. And the last thing I mentioned were the children that came from this auspicious, auspicious marriage. And just to mention their names again, the sons were Al-Qasim and Abdullah. Then there's two others mentioned, Al-Tahir and Al-Tayyib. Some scholars say there were two other sons, making four. Other scholars say no, these were the nicknames of Abdullah. So either Rasulullah had four sons, وسلم, from Khadija radiyallahu or two. And there is no difference with regards to the four daughters, i.e. Zainab, Ruqayya, Fatima and Umm Kultum. So now, like I mentioned yesterday, the sons of our beloved messenger passed away. This caused pleasure to the unbelieving Quraysh. Thus they taunted our beloved messenger وسلم, that none of his sons have survived. So obviously it was a male-dominated society and they were thinking, look, his lineage dies. His daughters go their separate ways, the lineage is through the sons. So they started taunting the Prophet Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said, Ka'ab ibn al-Ashraf, i.e. the accursed Jew. He approached Makkah and the people of the Quraysh upon seeing him said, you are their leader, i.e. the Jews and you have scripture. Do you not see this weak, feeble, despised man, who is without family or any who might help him and who is abdar, who is cut off from his own people? Yet he claims that he وسلم, is better than us. Whilst we are the people of the house of the pilgrims, the custodians of the Kaaba and the suppliers of water, those are we not nobler? The accursed replied, you are indeed nobler than him. <laughs> Astaghfirullah. Upon this, Allah the Almighty and Glorious revealed Surah Kawthar, Surah 108. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إنا أعطيناك الكوثر فصل لربك وانحر إن شانئك هو الأبتر Verily we have granted you abundant goodness Therefore to your Lord turn in salah and sacrifice Verily he that hates you shall be abtar shall be cut off. Mm-hmm. So let's look at this. So this is recorded in Bazaar, in his Musnad, with a Sahih channel transmission, Tafsir Mazhari, Marif al-Quran. Ibn Jarir and Ibn Kathir's Tafsir. So again, note, the Jews knew he was Rasulullah. Mm-hmm. So now this is, this is the strangeness. 
in terms of family, of course, the Quraysh knew him better because he grew up with the unbelieving Quraysh. But these people, they were that ill. Even though they've seen him grow in their midst, they turn a fan fault with him. So who did they turn to? Qa'ab ibn al-Ashraf. And they said, you are a man of scripture. And look how they described the Prophet to him, sallallahu alayhi wa He goes, look at this weak, feeble, despised man. He goes, he's cut off. <laughs> Meaning, look, he hasn't got any sons. He goes, he's broken away from us. And he claims he's better than us. But we are the custodians of the Kaaba. We feed the pilgrims. He goes, are we not more nobler? So now you would have expected this wretch to say, how can you be no more nobler? He would have said, look, we don't believe he's a prophet, but he's better than you. What did he say? He goes, you are indeed better than him. When he said that, the famous surah was revealed, Surah Kawthar. So now Surah Kawthar, just to add this, this is one of the treasures under the Arsh. The Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned, I've been given four treasures from under the Arsh. One is Surah Kawthar. It means it's a very special surah, dear to the Prophet ﷺ. So surah, the second thing about Surah Kawthar, this is the challenge. What do I mean? When Allah, the Almighty and Glorious, he challenged the jinn and mankind. He goes, produce a surah like this. The shortest surah that Allah Ta'ala was referring to was surah Kawthar. So when you say, where's the challenge? He goes, produce a surah like surah Kawthar. And of course they can't. So this is the, the, the miraculous surah which human beings and jinn can never match. Then look at the verses. What does Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala say? We have granted you Kawthar. Now Kawthar, in Arabic, you got the word kathir. Kathir means abundant. Kathir. Kawthar means abundance indefinitely. So in English, you can't even, you know, what sort of words can you use? Abundant, abundance that never ends. That's what kawthar means. It doesn't mean I've given you abundance. I've given you unending abundance. Allah Ta'ala mentions that. Why? Because they said he's cut off. So Allah goes, no, you got everything. Then, second verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Therefore, in gratitude, you now offer salat and sacrifice. Some of the Mufassirin say this is in reference to Eid al-Adha. Because in Eid al-Adha, you must offer the salat first, then you sacrifice. And Anhar, is the sacrifice of the camel. Zabha is what you do for the cow. So Allah is referring here to the better sacrifice. Anhar. Or wanhar referring to the camel. Then look what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. Inna shani akahuwal abdar. Verily he that hates you is cut off. Meaning these fools who spoke and said this about you, they're the ones who are cut off. So look how beautiful this surah was revealed because of Rasulullah. And also Kawthar, just to add, people asked, what is Kawthar? So a lot of people, they say it's the river in paradise, which is correct. So I'll mention the report. So the hadith is in Sayyid Bukhari, Ibn Katir's tafsir, Marif al-Quran. Abdullah ibn Abbas was asked about Kawthar. And he said, 
That is the good which Allah has bestowed upon his messenger. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As subnarator as Sa'id ibn Jubair. But the people claim it is only a river in paradise. Sa'id replied, Rahmatullah the river in paradise is only a part of the immense good which Allah has bestowed upon his messenger. So this is the mistake. When you say Qawthar, you think of the river, famous, you know, <coughs> you'll go to the Qawthar on the day of judgment and the Prophet will supply us, inshallah, sallallahu alayhi wa That is a part of this. It's not the complete Qawthar. Now think about that. If that was Qawthar, that's enough. Because if you go to Qawthar, you get a drink, you fast. But that is only a part of what Allah Ta'ala is referring to. The Qawthar. And also just to add this, because people get confused. What's the difference between the Qawthar and the Hawth? So in English, the Qawthar is obviously in reference to the river. The Hawth is called, it translates into a basin. So the Hawth is supplied by the Qawthar. Qawthar is in paradise and the supply comes to the Hawth on the Day of Judgment. So you're drinking the Qawthar, but it's actually, it's come through a supply to a basin. So the basin is called the Hawth. That's why the Prophet said, I will meet you at the Hawth on the Day of Judgment. He didn't say Qawthar. So don't get confused, they're both the same thing. What else is Qawthar? Qawthar, the scholars point out, is Fatima. Why? Because through Fatima, his lineage continued. And how many Sayyids are there? So when they say he was cut off, was he cut off? You know, think about it. You know, you lose count. How many Sayyids there are? His lineage will continue. Qawthar also is in reference to the fact that whenever Allah the Almighty and Glorious is mentioned, Rasulullah is mentioned. That's part of the Qawthar. Yeah. You notice, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadun Rasulullah. Azan, Ashru la ilaha illallah. Next part, Washrawanna Muhammadun Rasulullah. Salat, Ashru la ilaha illallah, Wahadullah Shri, Washrawanna Muhammadun Abdul. Every time you're just linking Rasulullah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is part of the Qawthar. So all of this helps to explain the context of what's happening here. Also, Abdullah ibn Abbas and Ikrimah said, this surah was revealed about Qa'ab ibn al-Ashraf and a group of the unbelievers of the Quraysh. And Ibn Jarir and Ibn Kathir and they respected tafsirs. So again, note, when they were mocking Rasulullah, it backfired on them. When they mock, it always backfires and this is always the case. And also the scholars point out if you want Allah to quickly take you to task, find fault with his messenger. And it's true. If you find fault with the Prophet very quickly he takes you to task. And anybody who insults him, they've had it. Right? They say you can run, but you can't hide. You know, how long has Salman Rushdie been running? Right? And he got a few mukhe recently. Right? Uh, and then, you know, so again, if he doesn't do Toba, he's in deep trouble. So note why? Because he insulted the Prophet So note again, here we can take many lessons. But the context why I've mentioned it here is when he lost his sons. This is what prompted the unbelieving Quraysh to say what they said. But the Jewish rabbi, he, there's no excuse for him. You know, what the heck is he saying? But both of them was the cause of this uh, blessed surah. So talking about warped and deviant individuals, the next section entitled Filthy Lies Against Our Beloved Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Sayyidah Khatija Radiyallahu and their noble children from the enemies of Islam and deviants. It's a big title. But 
they are shayateen who target the family of Rasulullah sallallahu who are they so instead of mentioning I'll just give you the reference Shaykh Shibli Nu'mani Rahmatullah he mentions in Seerat al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam volume 1 page 164 to 5 of the New English translation the Christians claimed that Rasulullah's beliefs sallallahu alayhi wa sallam took a change after he became a prophet Otherwise, his conduct was no different from that of his clan and the other people of Makkah. Hence, he named his first son Abdul Uzza, as recorded in Bukhari in his Tariqh al-Sahir. So, here's one attack. So, what are the Christians, the Orientalists saying? Because before he proclaimed prophethood, he goes, he was just like the rest of the people here. The idol worshiper. You know, there was no difference. But when he became a prophet, they say, he suddenly changed. Because the proof of that is that he called his first son the servant of Uzza. Abdul Uzza. Uzza was an idol. And he goes, this is recorded in Bukhari in his Tariq al-Sagir. So this is an attack. So the Sheikh, he said, this narration is as follows. Its first narrator is Ismail, yeah. whose full name is Ismail ibn Abu Owais. Although some scholars have confirmed him as reliable, yet the opinion of a large number is as follows. Muawiyah ibn Salih said, Ismail and his father are both daif. Yahya ibn Mujallat stated, he lies, is worthless, he is a mere trifle. Imam Nasai said, weak and unreliable. Imam Dalakutni said, I do not prefer him for a sound report. Saif ibn Muhammad said, he fabricates false hadith. Salama ibn Shu'ib said, he confessed to me. That when there is a difference of opinion, he invents hadith. <laughs> it is definitely proved that even before he was commissioned as such, Rasulullah condemned idol worship and those people on whom he relied, he had forbidden to engage in idol worship. Refer to Hakim in his Mustadrak, Volume 3. So basically, you've got a, you've got a report and the title Confusion. Because the hadith is in Bukhari. And then you, when you hear Bukhari, people automatically think, well, this is, this is a sahih hadith. But Imam Bukhari, he wrote many works. One of his works is his book on history, Tariq al-Sahir. And he lowered the standards because it's historical. He allowed things. It's not the sahih. This report, which mentions that his first son was called Abdul Uzza, is in that work. So now we have to check the chain. And when you check the chain, you've got a person called Ismail Ibn Abu Uwais. Now look what the Sheikh said, Sheikh Shibli Nomani. Some scholars have said he's reliable. So they've accepted this report. But he said, the large number of scholars, they said no. And that's why I mentioned these names. So who are these scholars? So some of them we may not know. But Imam Nasai, one of the famous six collectors, he goes, this is a weak and unreliable narrator. 
Imam Daru Kutni, he said, I don't accept him. And one of his contemporaries, I think about this, this person who was weak, he confessed to another person. And this other person is Salama ibn Shu'ib. <coughs> Salama ibn Shu'ib, rahmatullah said, he confessed to me. He invents hadith. So think about it. You've got a person who's testified on his, I make up hadith, when there's a difference of opinion. And then the sheikh said, it is proven beyond the shadow of a doubt, Rasulullah condemned idol worship even before prophethood when he proclaimed. And he goes, he even told those who were with him not to engage in idol worship. So again, why have I mentioned this here? Because you can easily play games, catching fish, but it's not true. And of course, your Akida will protect you from that if you know your Akida. Unfortunately, people don't. It is authentically reported that even during Jahiliyyah, our beloved Messenger and Khatija kept well away from the filth of idol worship. Where is it mentioned? In Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, number 17,947, with a Sahih of transmission, Urwa ibn Zubair, rahmatullahi, he said, Sayyidah Khatija radiyallahu's neighbor during Jahiliyyah informed me that he had once heard Rasulullah say to Khatija, O Khatija radiyallahu, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I will never worship Allah and Uzza. I will never worship Allah and Uzza. Let's look at this. So this is before he's proclaimed the message. So he's married to Khatija. And what did he say to his beloved wife? Never gonna worship Lata Nuzza. Because wallahi I'm not gonna do it. So there's a Sayyid report. Now who narrates this? Urwa ibn Zubair. Now why am I mentioning these names? Because Urwa ibn Zubair is from the tribe of Asad. Asad is Khatija's tribe. Banu Asad. So family no family. So the family, one of the family members he's talking about is great aunt. And he's saying that this is the report indicating they were not even near idol worship. In another report, Khatija added, away with Latin Uzza. Don't even bother mentioning them again. Oh, Abi Abdullah. This is in Ahmad in his Musnad, volume 4, page 222. So the Surah said, I want nothing to do with them. Khatija radiyallahu said, don't even mention their names. So compare, they're saying that their first son was what? Abdul Uzza. And here we've got, away with Lat, away with Uzza. So what was, you're saying on one side, tongue in cheek, you're saying he's named his first son, the servant of Uzza. And now you've got other reports where he's condemning them. So obviously somebody's invented something here. It's that report. It's a fabrication. In other words, our beloved messenger said about these two worthless idols in Bazaar, I have nothing to do with imbeciles and they have nothing to do with me. So he actually called the idols imbeciles. Imbecile means lunatics. You know, brainless. Because they haven't got a brain. What have I got to do with these? And they've got nothing to do with me. And in another report in Bazaar, Rasulullah said, I am not from falsehood and falsehood is not from me. This is before Nabuot. Look how amazing his statements. Because I've got nothing to do with falsehood. And falsehood has got nothing to do with me. 
the orientalist Margoliouf in his book Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam page 68 to 70 he made the following amazing claim so this is another attack before going to sleep both Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Khatija worshipped an idol named Uzza he then narrated the narration above in Ahmad indicating this proves they had once worshipped idols so let's look at this. So an Orientalist is somebody who's trying to find errors in Islam. <laughs> and he wrote a book on the life of the Prophet. Imagine, why on earth would you get a book from a non-Muslim telling you about Rasulullah? You know he's in the po- his spew is poison. And he says on page 68 to 70, before going to sleep, maybe this was the Ibadat. He goes, the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi and Khatija worshipped an idol named Uzza. <laughs> Think about that. And then he says, where's the proof? And he goes, the proof the hadith. He goes, what did Muhammad say? I will never worship Lat and Uzza. He goes, so because that means before he made that statement, he must have worshipped. So he's, he's trying to, you know, yeah. find something. He, subhanallah, an ordinary student of Arabic can see that the verb qanu, the third person plural is used. Therefore, it refers to the people generally that they worship Allah and Uzzah. And this is the problem. He's not an Arab. So he's probably got some translation by, you know, I don't know. And he's looking at the translation and he's saying, I will never worship Allah and Uzzah. But in the original wording, the Prophet used the word Qanaw. Now that, if you translate that properly, this is what it, how you translate it. I will never worship Lat and Uzza that the people worshipped. He's not linking it to himself because it's the third person plural. Rasulullah was referring to himself and his wife. He would have used the dual form, Qana. He used the word Qana. Qana, if he meant himself and his wife. But he didn't use that. Subhanallah, such is the treachery of the misguided ones. So if it's a slip, no problem. If you know Arabic and you have now tried to pull wool over the eyes, what sort of research is this? You know you've done something wrong. So again, this is another attack you need to be aware of. Similarly, in the same book, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa the author cites that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa had once slaughtered a tan-colored ram at the altar of Uzzah. Because he once went to, because they had a, you know, there was an idol, Uzzah, and there was slaughter there. He goes, Muhammad sallallahu got a kind of a brown ram and he sacrificed it at the altar of Uzzah. But he had not even cited an Arabic source for this. Just, you know, probably had a you know, glass of wine and he thought, yeah, he slaughtered, you know, a tan colored. A report of these, this nature is found in a book of geography. <laughs> so which book of geography? Mu'ajjam al-Buldan. So imagine somebody goes, where did you get that from? Atlas. Atlas? What's Atlas going to do with it? Talking about, you know, history. You know, geography. This book is without an authority on this. It's not an authority on this subject. And secondly, the report is from Kalbi, who was known to be a confirmed liar. So you've got a, a quote, which is in the book of geography. <laughs> and 
even the narrator of that report in the book of geography, he was Qadhab. Meaning he was a massive liar. Qalbi. And one of the scholars said he was a dog because his name is Qalb. Qalbi. So, what, why am I mentioning this? Look what they're trying to do. They're trying to find fault. If there were any faults, do you think they would have dived to this deprivation? This proves there's nothing on the Prophet. Think about that. If there was anything, they would have pulled it out. You're going to books of geography. You're messing about with Arabic. And you're going to pre-Prophethood. So stay the way you think, look, there you go. You know he's the Prophet of God. But you're still resisting it, Astaghfirullah. Compare this filth to reality. So let's turn to authentic reports. Sayyidina Ali, he said, Rasulullah was once asked if he ever worshipped an idol. He said, never. He was then asked, have you ever consumed wine? He said, never. He then said, I always considered such deeds to be kufr, unbelief, even though at the time I did not have knowledge of the Quran and Iman. This is recorded in Ibn Asakir, Abu Nu'aym in his Dalai al-Nubu'ah, Shaykh al-Ahadith, Mawlana Muhammad Idris Kandihlubi, Rahmatullahi, in his Seerat al-Mustafa, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, volume 1, page 135 of the English translation. So now who's the narrator? Ali? Not the dog, right? You got the lion now. So Ali's the narrator. So straight away, he knows about the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he goes, when he was asked, have you ever worshipped an idol? You get this impression, he was, he was angered. You know, you get that impression. Yeah. He said, never. Mm-hmm. Have you ever consumed wine? He goes, never. Now look at his hatred. One of them is, of course, kufr, idol worship. Consuming intoxicants isn't kufr. Mm-hmm. Unless you believe it's halal. <laughs> look at his hatred for it. He said, I always considered this to be kufr. Mm-hmm. So, note Rasulullah, his abhorration of sins. No, we know it as a sin, but we still double in it. Though it's a sin, there's the difference. He's not like that. To him, it goes, it's all like kufr. This is all kufr. Like you're rejecting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he said, even though the Quran wasn't revealed to me, even though Iman wasn't meaning the details, the shariat, I knew it. So there's the reality. But I thought he had a song called Abdul Uzzah. I thought he slaughtered a tan-colored ram next to Uzzah. Bakwas. Another report, Zayd ibn al-Haritha. So who's this? So Zayd ibn al-Haritha is his adopted son. He grew up. The nephew of Khatija gave him as a gift to the uh, to Khatija. And Khatija gave him as a gift to the Prophet So he's narrated. In Tabarani, Behaki in his Dalai al-Nubu'ah, Abu Nu'aym in his Dalai al-Nubu'ah, Hakim in his Mustadrak stated Sahih, Al-Haytami in Majma' al-Zawaid stated Sahih, Hafiz ibn Kathir in Al-Bidayah. Zayd ibn al-Haritha said, radiyallahu, during Jahiliyyah, the polytheists would reverentially stroke the idols of Isaf and Na'ila when they did Tawaf. So what's happening? They were doing the Jahiliyyah Tawaf and his idols. They would touch two idols, Esaf and Na'ila. Like we do when you touch the black stone to get rewards. They had these idols and they were strong. These two in particular, 
ایساف انا ونس زید سیٹ زید بن الحارث رضی اللہ آئی اکمپنی رسول اللہ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم ان پرفارمنگ طواف از بی پاس بائی دیز آئیڈلز آئی ڈیووٹڈ لیا ہینڈ آن دم ہی دیر اپن لکڈ ایڈ می اور ہی فوربیڈ می ہی گوز ڈون ڈو دیٹ آئی تھوٹ ٹو بائی سیلف وار ہارم کن دے بی ان ٹوچنگ اسٹون دوس آئی سٹروکٹ ایڈ اگین a bit more crisply he prohibited me again he goes don't do it in other words I warned you then he said by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from that day on I have never touched a single stone idol right up to the time when Allah the almighty bestowed prophethood upon Rasulullah and the speech was revealed to him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Where's this record? Sayyid Hadith all over the place. Tabarani Hakim. Zaid is doing it. Because, <laughs> you know, you think, you know, edge your bets. You know, what's wrong with it? You know, if they're right, they're right. Let's go for it. Did the Prophet allow his adopted son? Nor did anybody with him. He warned them. Because don't do that. So he thought, okay, maybe did another circuit and quickly touched it again. He said, I told you don't do it. Zaid goes, I never did it again. Never. So how on earth did Rasulullah know that? Because Allah Ta'ala protects his prophets. Mm-hmm. Not just the prophet, all the prophets. For instance, to finish, if you look at Musa, when was he given prophethood? Oh, sorry, where was he given prophethood? Mount. Mount Tut. So when he was in Pharaoh's palace growing up, was he commissioned? No. When he killed a man by accident, the report goes he punched him and he killed him. Had he been commissioned? No. He makes a dua. He goes, oh my Lord, this is from the works of shaitan. And he made a dua. Hang on a minute. How did you know about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How did you know this is the work of shaitan? So what is the Quran telling you? The Quran is telling you prior to commissioning, they know, but they're not allowed to profess their prophethood. Think about it. He made a dua. What other dua did he make before he was commissioned? So he killed the man. He left. He fled for his life. He went to Madian and then he saw some women who were at the bike and they were trying to get some water from the well. But the men were, you know, pushing themselves forward. He helped the women. He goes, this isn't right. And he helped the women to water their flock. Then he goes back to the tree. He makes another dua. Rabbi inni lima anzalta ilayya min khayrin faqeef. Oh my Lord, I'm in desperate need of whatever good you can give this faqeef. Hang on a minute. Where is this? Where is this dua come from? He's not being commissioned. Well, people just read Quran. What's this dua? He's not being commissioned. So why is Allah telling you that? Just for, you know, mashallah, make you feel a bit good in that. Every verse in the Quran has great significance. Allah is telling you again and again, even before commissioning, Musa was remembering me, making dua to me. Think about that. And yet, the non-Muslims, obviously we know they're going to attack He worshipped idols. But when he became a prophet, then he changed. 
And look how gullible we are. We've, we don't even know our Aqeedah. Well, hang on a minute. What are you talking about? We don't believe that for any prophet, let alone our prophet. And they go, what are you talking about? Because our belief tells us that. But if you ask Muslims now, some even might even believe this. Because before prophet, it doesn't really matter, does it, brother? It doesn't matter if he killed somebody. It doesn't matter if he touched an idol. Always before prophethood, he didn't know anything. And then you say, brother, you need to see a psychiatrist. <laughs> right? And then he goes, no, it's in the books. What? Geography. You put in books of geography out to tell the, the prophet, you know, worshipped Lat and Uzzah. Astaghfirullah. So again, no. And the reason I've mentioned it here is because they also bring Khadija into it. And we won't even tolerate that, let alone the Prophet. So again, it's very important that we purify our history. Unfortunately, you know, you know, do we even know our own history, let alone purify it? If the container is empty, even your hand fills you. That's what one scholar said, isn't it? Nothing in the brain. Pupishab in it, it's full. MashaAllah. Are there any questions you want to ask? سبحان الله وبحمده سبحان الله وبحمدك اشهد ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك واتوب الله عليك رجيم سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والاصل الانسان الذي خسر الذين امنوا وعملوا الصالحات وعصوا بالحق وعصوا بالصبر صدق الله